So in our industry, for what we did in our little microcosm of what we did, we were a really big player, which put us on a lot of people's radars for investing. Because right now, IT tech is huge for investments. And it's kind of on this, this upward cycle where it's at the highest it's been in 19 years. Awesome Inc. presents the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame a show that highlights how people throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky pursue their definition of awesome through entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. Jason Jacobson was most recently CEO and an owner of NetGain Technologies before leading the sale of the company to a private equity group based in San Francisco. Jason graduated with dual degrees in management and finance from the University of Kentucky. His focus when he started working at NetGain in 2007 was on mergers and acquisitions. During Jason's time at NetGain Technologies, he helped to spin off a non-core asset of the company's medical billing unit, acquired four IT companies in other cities in the region, and opened an additional branch office in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Netgen was named a Kentucky Best Place to Work for five consecutive years, earning it a place in the Hall of Fame as well as being named to the list of top managed service providers in the world since inception in 2013. Jason and his wife Shanda have two daughters and a son all age four and under. It's a rowdy bunch. He enjoys golf, movies, and traveling. Jason is also engaged in the Young Presidents Organization, serving on the organization's Bluegrass Chapter Board as well as the University of Kentucky's Gatton School of Business Dean's Advisory Council. Hey guys, thanks so much for checking out this episode today. It's going to be a good time. I want to let you know that I just made a brand new friend named Jason. Super kind guy. He's got a great smile. And he has some sweet, sweet information to share with you, a great story. And I'm just excited for you to get to meet him. So Jason, um, tell us about your week so far. What are like the best one or two things that has happened? Wow. Honestly, my wife and I just had our third baby. Wow. Congratulations. So, yeah, That's I've, awesome. I've got a couple week old little girl at home, along with a four-year-old oh girl gosh. and a two-year-old little boy. So there hasn't been a lot of sleep lately. But you but are living your exciting. best life? No. You, okay. oh, it is amazing I can't wait life. till I'm in there. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, that's great. Be careful what you wish for. Oh, I love kids. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big kid myself. So, Jason, man, I'm pumped. For your family, that's great, first of all. Uh, I'm also pumped because you just had an incredible, incredible success with your business. Would you speak real quickly about what just happened with net gain, and then we'll, we'll get focused on you? Yeah, well, we had something pretty unexpected happen even though we were approached all the time about selling our company, it wasn't something that was really on our mind. And I'd be happy to share kind of the more, the more details of that story, but eventually the right, the right thing came through at the right time. And it was just one of those instances where you can't say no, it just felt like it was the right thing at the right time. So we actually did sell our company to a private equity investor out of San Francisco. And that was back in November. So I'm currently wrapping up my time with the transition and should be done in a couple of weeks. Can you say uh, what company from San Francisco that you guys have worked with and maybe any details about those guys? Sure. So the main private equity company is called Alpine Investors. 
And actually, I just thought of this as you as you asked me the question. You'd probably love to read about them because it was started by a Stanford grad and really wanted to change the way that private equity was. And they're super focused on culture. In fact, I think they just won an award of being one of the top, I don't know, 10 or 15 private equity funds in the country for no, being known for like a great culture. So their name is Alpine Investors, and they are in San Francisco. And the subgroup under them that actually invested in NetGain Technologies was a company called Evergreen Services. I'm seeing a tree theme here. Okay, I like that. Again, you said a Stanford grad. That makes <laughs> yeah. sense. My, my two cents is I went to Stanford a couple of years ago on a family vacation, and man, that place is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. yeah I can imagine so, going so to school there. Okay, Alpine Investors and then Evergreen? Evergreen Services Group. Okay. If you Google them, you'll find them, and you'll see NetGain and the other companies that they've invested in and kind of their platform strategy of owning companies like us around the country and then investing in them. Man, congratulations. Thank that you. is so exciting. And that's, you know, ultimately that's not what we hear a lot about Kentucky, Kentucky companies. It's not, no. And that's, that's why I, I wanted to get you on here because yeah. I want to celebrate what you guys have done. So Jace, uh, again, looking forward to diving in and hearing more about you. How did you end up in Kentucky? What was your entrepreneurial background? And go ahead and throw in how NetGain was a family company and how you kind of picked up the mantle that got you to this seat here in Austin Inc. today. Well, I love that question because it is more than just my story. It, it is my family story. And I was born in, in Lexington, so I've been here my whole life. Went to high school around here, went to college at UK. So haven't really left the area and moved anywhere else, but it proved out to work pretty well. So starting back, honestly, at the beginning of the story is with my great-grandfather. And he was a Norwegian immigrant. Norwegian? Norwegian, Do you yeah. know any? Can you speak any? Well, I can't speak Is it Norwegianese? It. What's, uh, what's the language? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the right terminology, <laughs> but, you know, my grandfather's 100% Norwegian, and uh, I have that part in me as well. So they decided to move here for a better life for their family. And ultimately, you know, he had several children, and my grandfather's name was Don Jacobson, and uh, he was um, ended up being an educated guy from a couple of universities. And later on in his life, the story kind of starts where he was a professor at the University of Kentucky in agricultural sciences. And he actually started doing a lot of the real pioneering work at the university around agricultural and livestock and feeding. And they did some crazy experiments on the different farms around here. And he was entrepreneurial that he also had his own dairy farm and he had four sons and it, it ended up being one of the largest dairy farms in the state. And around that time, computer systems were starting to come out and the mainframes and the stuff that the university was using. And he thought, you know what? I think there's a way that I can somehow use these computer systems to calculate the least cost feed formula for my dairy cows because there was a lot of waste in the way that they went about feeding their animals. And he thought, I could use computers to figure out the best way to do this and save money. So he went and worked and ended up writing a program in which he was able to figure that out. And it made sense and it made them uh, more money. And he decided to actually take it on the road and try to sell it to other farmers. So he's out across the country trying to sell this program that was brand new. You know, computers hadn't really come out. And he meets a guy from a company called Valcom. And the gentleman says, Don, 
would you like to open up a computer company and sell PCs in Lexington? And he said, well, you know, that's not exactly what I was after, but, uh, sure. Well, you know, why not? <laughs> why not? It's kind of one of those things. Why not? It's how I imagine that he said it. Why not do it? So he ended up buying what they called at that time, a medallion. Like you had to have the right to, to sell this stuff. Sure. And he opened up a shop called Valcom franchise over in the Woodhill center over by Chuck E. Cheese in that area in Lexington now in 1984. And at that point in time, he was the first person that was selling the IBM personal computers in the Lexington area. So that was really neat, kind of a whole different venture for him. And at that point in time, he had to be in his late 50s starting that up. And he still had the dairy farm with his boys, which one of those was my father. And after a couple of years, my dad said, you know what? there's no way I'm going to be able to make a living doing the way that I'm doing things now. I got to get out and figure out how to do something different. I got to get out of this business that we're in here at the family farm. So he decided to go work for his dad in the computer company. And my dad didn't go to college. He didn't have a formal degree, but he had more drive and more ambition than anybody I've ever met and became the ultimate salesman. And uh, I kind of tell him he's a living legend. So he sold a lot and did really well in the company and made a great living for himself and helped grow the business to uh, maybe a dozen people. And eventually he ended up telling his dad in 1995 timeframe that he wanted to buy the company from him. And his dad said eventually, okay, but I think that you need someone else with you to help you on the administrative side. So my dad asked his brother to come in and buy the business with him. And at that point in time, it was just kind of selling some PCs and basic things. And they took it and decided we're going to really grow this thing. And we're going to focus on projects, installing these things, adding services to it, working with big companies like KU and Long John Silvers and places like that. And they did that for a few years and ended up growing into Louisville and ultimately into Little Rock, Arkansas. And grew the company pretty successfully and then enter in my part of the story which you originally asked about how I got started yes I did so I thought that I was going to be in investment banking and wanted to go down that path and I really liked the whole M&A side of things and deals and I was already interviewing at places like JP Morgan I knew I was gonna have to move to New York had no desire to be in the family business. That wasn't something that I even thought was possible. I'm not an IT person, right? I was a business major, finance major too. So he calls me up and says, hey, your uncle and I wanna buy companies. We wanna to continue to grow. It's something you're interested in. Why don't we try to do it together? And at first I thought, well, that's a kind of a crazy scheme. I don't know how this is gonna work, but eventually said, you know what? Why not? Why not give it a shot? What's the worst that could happen? So I did and by gosh, you know, went out and we were successful and we bought other IT companies in Ohio and Tennessee and St. Louis and Alabama and a local competitor in Lexington. We sold off some business units we had and ultimately really started growing the business and the next evolution of our company became managed IT services. And that's where the SMB type of company, let's say 500 users or less, says, I'm just going to outsource my IT department to someone else because I can't afford or keep up with what's going on in the market. I'm going to pay you to do it. And for the past, gosh, almost 20 years now, we, we were ahead of the curve. 
that's what we've been doing and been the best at. So ultimately, a few years ago, he had decided that it was time for him to retire. He, he had been there for over two decades and was ready to get on with his life to other pursuits, namely retirement. And he said, you know, I, I want to talk to you and your brother about buying a business because at that time, my brother had joined a few months after me and he went into sales. So I was like, well, that's not a path I thought this was going to go. I had no intent of being the owner of the company. And we ultimately worked on a deal with him and his brother and bought the company from him and entered into kind of a transition plan and, you know, ultimately took over as the CEO and my brother was there with me. And then that led to the exciting news that happened a few months ago where we ended up taking it to private equity unexpectedly. Man, so I, I love it. You, I just got the whole, the whole scoop. I, I feel special. Well, well you know, I kind of gave you the 30,000 <laughs> foot uh, condensed yeah, view. Yeah, the but. view. That's, that's good. Well, man, I had so many questions, but the one that keeps coming back after everything you just shared was what was it like growing up with you have this this agricultural farm background to your family, but then you kind of have the opposite, which is selling computers. Where we're honestly forming the tech side in Kentucky. What was that like for you growing up? Did you have any weird conflicting views, or were you almost opposed and thought, "I want nothing to do with this"? <laughs> well, that is a great question. I didn't have a lot to do with the agricultural side because at that point, you know, my dad left that when I was, you know, just a couple of years old because he knew he had to support us more financially. So I didn't really see a lot of that, but the IT side, I definitely saw. Okay. And it was weird because, you know, my dad was bringing home brand new computers for us to use. And while he wasn't a techie guy, he, I mean, he was a sales guy, so he, he wasn't like an engineer. But he did have a lot of technology at home and we got to see a lot of things before most people would be able to have it and got good deals on it. And to go up to his company and see what was going on, I mean, at that point in time, Lexington's not the biggest hub for IT businesses. So uh, they were pretty well known with, with many companies in the region and we still are today. So it, it was neat to, to see that. And I, I kind of, I guess that's maybe why I love all technology today. You know, I got to have the newest iPhone. It's kind of a curse. Those sort have, of things. Have you got the newest iPhone? Uh, I haven't ordered it yet. Okay. But you know, one of my roommates just happen. did, and he's pretty <laughs> excited about it. Uh, so I, I love IT. I love I love technology. I'm not an engineer by trade or anything like that. So that's cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, I just had some insight because I know with the family business, there's always this pull for you know I'll say I'll say mostly from the father's perspective. Hey, I would love to pass this on to my son, my sons, or my you know, my children. Take this up, and I have a friend actually. His dad does roofing, I believe, like industrial roofing. Yeah, and he's worked his tail off throughout school. He's he's, he's finishing up at UK, and even talking with him, he, at one point he was so opposed to it, but now he's like, well, I, I I'm just gonna do it, and he's he's good at it. So he's he's getting to that place where he's excited because he. He knows how he can contribute to this company and also take a load off his father. Well, it was never it was never something my brother and I had any interest in. We worked there in the summers and I did internships there and everything you can imagine from washing the windows to taking inventory to swapping out PCs, things like that. But it just never crossed my mind because it is a tech company and I had no desire to go be an engineer and learn learn tech. So yeah. it wasn't until that last time right as I was going to leave college where he kind of approached it from the business standpoint of come out and help us grow through acquisitions that I thought, well, 
this wasn't the path I thought I was going to take, but this could be exciting. Let's, let's do it. So, well, hey, I want to continue moving and talking about net gains. And again, you just talked about uh, being bought out. And I would love if you can walk through what that whole process looked like from finalizing some of these discussions to, to accepting this offer. Uh, yeah, just, just the whole shebang. But first, I want to read what, uh, what I found in this article that I was like, man, once I read this, I wanted to have you in here. <laughs> so uh, here's, here's a little scoop. So founded in 1984, NetGain Technologies has become the largest managed IT services provider in the South Central U.S. Man, applause to you guys. That's great. Awarded and ranked globally for its services and solutions, NetGain has evolved with changing technology needs of businesses in the region. So again, you guys have... You guys have a great reputation. What did that look like when you guys were getting approached and you know, deciding, hey, I think this is the right move for our company. But again, once you, once you sold your company, what does that look like in terms of your employees, your, your management, your leadership, transitioning? What does all that entail for you? That's, that's a great question. And in our industry, it's really fragmented. Okay. As you can imagine, IT companies, there's not a lot of huge, big IT companies. Most of them are mom and pop, small companies, maybe they've got 10 employees, 20, 30. And to have over 150 employees in six, seven different states, you are one of the larger ones, even though technically that's not like a huge company, right? So in our industry for what we did in our little microcosm of what we did, we were a really big player, which put us on a lot of people's radars for investing. Because right now, IT tech is huge for investments. And it's kind of on this this upward cycle where it's at the highest it's been in 19 years. So my brother and I had goals that we thought were going to take us probably another, let's say, 10 to 15 years. And that's kind of the path we were going down. And we were getting calls every week about, you know, hey, would you sell your business? Would you sell your business? Whatever. I threw away the letters, didn't answer the calls because that's not part of the plan, right? Yeah, it's not. Well, I ended up getting a call from a friend of mine that I respect in the industry who said, hey, I want you to talk to these guys. They're different. And I said, okay, sure, they're different. You know, but because it's you, I'll, I'll, I'll talk I'll give to them, them a right? chance. Yeah, yeah. So I get on the phone with them and they ended up being a little different. They said, for instance, we're not typical private equity. Typical private equity comes in and slashes costs, burns thing, and then flips it in three to five years for more money. They said, that's, that's not our model. Honestly, we're trying to do something different. We're trying to do something like Warren Buffett, which is invest in great companies, back the management teams for a decade plus, you know, wow. like long-term investment. And we're, we're trying this out in your industry because we think it's a great industry to do that. So that was pretty interesting that private equity with a long-term hold cycle is just not really typical. Then they said, we are willing to back your management team and we don't want to change anything around that. We're just financial investors. We're not operators. Well, my brother and I knew that one day if we ever did sell the company and hit our goal that we were looking for, that we, we wouldn't want to work there for someone else. There's lots of people who may enjoy that, but we knew we wouldn't be great employees working to build something for someone else from a company that we were already a part of in our family. And they said, you know what? That's fine. You don't have to do that. You, you can leave. So we thought, wow, well, that's different because most people, they want you to stay and do it and they want to back you and they want to tie you to it financially. And it ended up just being that all these things where NetGain got to be the platform company they're going to invest in and then NetGain's going to go buy other companies 
to just blow it up, you know, be a much bigger company, much more opportunity for our people. The management team is all there staying. It's, it's just a set of circumstances that I would have never thought could have happened in the way that they did. And when you tie that with just the economy and the way that things are right now, so good in our industry, it was just too good to say we're going to pass it up for our people, for us, for everybody, for the future of the company. It still gets to be net gain. It's going to grow substantially. I don't know that we would have ever been presented that again. Yeah. So I read a quote one time that uh, someone told me to read, and it said, you sell your business when the market tells you to and when it's ready, not when you're ready. So I, I wasn't ready to leave, and I, I love our company. I love my job, but you know what? Sometimes um, the best time to move on is when you're not ready. Man, I love that, and I love I love hearing your thought process behind it because it almost felt like everything you you did in this decision was so sincere. And again, I, I heard you say people, I don't know, five or six times, and that's something even before you walked in today, uh, I was reading on your website, reading up on you, and I came across your company's core values. And again, you guys have uh, offices and part of your team in, was it six or seven states? We're in six different cities in five states. Okay, six cities, five states. Physically. So you, yeah, you guys have a widespread team. And I know here at Awesome Inc., one thing that we love is the word culture because that's what we want to be known for is working hard and playing hard because we worked hard. And I want to ask that, how does this affect your company's culture? Because again, you have 150 plus employees. You had a lot of people who could have potentially had uh, a very sticky situation as you guys were selling your company. But again, as you said, the market was saying, this is the time to make, make this action. Uh, your your private equity investors were almost almost telling you stuff that's too good to be true, but it was true. So there was no going to be no penalty for your employees. So how does all of this either affect your company's culture and core values or, or strengthen it from what it was to where it will go next? Well, that was a great thing that we, we did spend a lot of time on our core values and our culture. And it's not just one of those things that we put up on a a board and it sets up on the wall. I mean, all the ways we try to enforce that through awards that we give tied to our core values, to handwritten notes that we wrote reflecting and pointing people back to living out those core values. It, it's real in our company. So therefore there were, there were two real things that I cared about when we were looking at whether this would make sense or not. And one was, if I'm gonna be replaced, it need to be replaced with someone who's going to honor that and keep that the way it is for our people. Sure. And then two is that the private equity group is going to honor that and care about that. And ultimately they loved it. And it's kind of funny, the same planning process that we use, they use, and they, they really thought that it made us a strong company. So they wanted to preserve that and they have. And the second part was recruiting a new CEO who would honor that and, care about it and was not only a super smart person in business, but would really care about the culture and the people. And I think that we found that too. So, that's so special. it is really important. What, uh, what's your favorite company's core value? At our company? Yes. Oh, you know, the one that I have to say is probably my, my most favorite is the first one. And that's family first. And that comes from the standpoint of not only were we a family business, but we recognize that we have people that are working with us that have families and we have to put those first. And does that mean they're never going to have to work late or work on a weekend? No. But if we ever ask them to do something in which it compromises their family, we would never want to do that. And they needed to let us know. So 
if it's coming in late because I got to drop my kids off or I got to do something with my family or whatever it is, we, we wanted to honor that. And that came back to me and my little kids and my brother and his little kids. Like we, we know what it was like. So that's probably the one that I really enjoyed and, and wanted to uphold the most. I love that. I also just realized that I said, what's your favorite company's core value? And then I was like, wait, I said that completely wrong. So thanks for, <laughs> well, uh, for catching maybe up you on wanted my another mistake. company. Yeah. So, so Jason, what does this look like for you now? You're stepping out of the CEO role. Is there something next uh, in terms of a venture for you? Is there a business that maybe you want to start? Is your family still staying and super involved with the company? What are some of these next steps? Well, my brother left the business a few months ago. Okay. I'm still there. We hired the new CEO and started in July. So I'm there with him right now, kind of just helping transition. You're, you're showing him the ropes. You're showing how it's a, done. a little bit. <laughs> he, he knows he knows what he's doing, but That's I'm kind of giving him some backstory. But uh, that'll be done in just a couple of weeks. In fact, this month I've only been there on Tuesdays, spending time with him. So that will be wrapping up. So therefore, we, we really won't have any more involvement moving forward. But I've always told him and everyone, if, if we can ever do anything or answer any question you have, just give us a call. You know, we're not going anywhere. So the second part of your question was, you know, what am I going to do? Obviously, right now at home, it's like super busy with, with these small children and a newborn. So we're having fun with that. But I think ultimately what I want to do for a while is move more into the investor role. Okay of not being there physically every day running the company and uh, being that person, but maybe being someone who's investing more in real estate, investing in companies, helping other startups, doing those sort of things for a while where my schedule will definitely be more flexible for my family and all those sorts of things while still doing what I love. I love that. But who knows? I can't tell you. I could be sitting here across from you a year from now saying, guess what? I started up a company. Because I, I, so. I got a whole list of ones well, that I think I would, are awesome I would ideas. love that. Maybe let's just go ahead and put on the calendar after this. Uh, <laughs> in a year from now, we'll be hanging out again. So so with that, is this you going back to doing a little bit of what you wanted to do before joining the company? Earlier, you said you, you're you like, oh, I'm going to New York. Is this you getting back into that, that kind of financial path? Well, probably not. Okay. No, not in that way. Like, you know, I'd like to own some buildings, some real estate, some more passive things, maybe work with other companies, invest in different things, maybe buy a company, but not be the one that's there, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, sacrificing your family to, to run it. And I think I'm, I've been put in a very fortunate position to be able to do that. And I think that that would be pretty exciting for a while. Yeah, it sounds exciting. Well, yeah, Jason, hey, thanks again so much just for sharing this. It's been great reading from uh, reading what I have from the news, from articles, to sitting down with you, talking to you in person. I'm excited for you and it's very evident you're excited because man, I feel like you're just you're dancing internally. And so that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, things are going well for you. So I want to move a little bit away from the business before we hit that sure. at the end. And I want to talk about you uh, just as a human being. Again, we're we're in a small place called Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. We're doing life. I want to know what what motivates you, what gets you out of bed every morning. Again, you talked about family first. What else, what else is on the plate? Man, for you? there's nothing like getting you out of bed than a five week old at home. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not there yet. Maybe in a couple of years, <laughs> a couple of times a night I'd get out of bed for that one. But what, what really motivates me, honestly, it's uh, two things personally. One is my faith and second is my family. And those are the most important things to me. And they guide all the decisions in my life. Yeah, that's sweet. Good answer. I, lo I love hearing that with people. You know, everybody has, uh, has different things that motivate them. I think one of the one of my favorite ones, and we were saying this about 
Alex, Alex Reed with Truman's even before we started talking. And he's like, I just want to prove to people that I made the right choice. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's cool hearing what motivates people in different ways. And I love that. So also what does success look like for you personally? And then as you were in this role at NetGains, what did that look like for you as well? Like what was success? How are you going to achieve it? Is it a process or was it a one-time thing that happens? I think it, it is always a process, but I think my, my first iteration of defining it several years ago was number one, being married to the love of my life personally, having children, having kids, um, and having that in my life personally was probably the most important things to me. And with the business, it was really about running a company that I enjoyed running and being a part of and having it be a place that people love to work. One of our values was being the workplace of a lifetime. So every day, there's lots of things that got me excited about going into the office. But honestly, the thing that really jacked me up the most about going in was how do we make this a great place for people? Like, what can we do today to make this somewhere that would excite them, surprise them, that we could be different, that people would want to come and work at? So, so doing that while also becoming the leader in our industry at what we do, um, I knew would help me attain the ultimate goal of financial freedom. And that for the business and for my personal life, all those things together, you said, did I achieve it? I, I, I think I have at this point, at least let's say uh, <laughs> round one. I love it. I love that round one. Yeah. And again, I think that's, that's one of the best things is, especially in the position that you have been in. And for me personally, I feel like I receive that every time I walk in the doors here. And it's, it's really cool to, to hear from a different perspective because you are making others feel appreciated, feel welcome, feel valued, and everybody wants to be loved and be, to be known. And so the fact that you get to think, how can I do this for my company to improve our culture? That already sounds great. Make people want to be here. That, that just sounds so rewarding. And like you get to do that from a leadership standpoint. So everyone gets, you know, everyone was able to look up to you and realize, hey, I'm cared about. I want to be here. So. That sounds like success for me. I'm glad you, you've achieved it. <laughs> Hopefully it continues to happen. So again, with, with a, lot of, a lot of these these things we're talking about in entrepreneurship and in business, what is something that you want to be remembered by? You know, the, I thought about this and there's a lot of things that I could say, but ultimately it comes down to what what is worth achieving in life if it's at the expense of the things that really matter the most to you? And when you're, when you're on your deathbed, whenever that is, you're not thinking about how much money you made or how big your company was or whatever it may be. It's about the people that you loved and the people that love you. And in, in most cases, that's your family. It may yeah. be your spouse, your significant other, your children. And for me, it was always about, and still is, I mean, it, guide, it guides my life in that I want to be known that, I was successful in business and that's something that makes me excited every day, but that it never came or comes at the cost or the expense of my family and my kids. And that I was able and am able to move forward in business and have fun at that and do well at that, but never put it in front of my family because ultimately it'll never be as important as that. And I think that that happens a lot and a lot of the stories and a lot of people you talk to have great success in business but to the detriment of their personal life yeah 
I hope your wife listens to this. She'll be very, <laughs> she'll be very happy with you. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you her email address. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. It, you know where your head is, and I think that's super important. So, man, I'm excited. You, you've just had a good, you've had a good, what, last, last two quarters in business, and I mean, things are going well. And I hope as you continue to make this transition out, things continue to go smoothly. Well, so, I appreciate it. Hey. Me too. It has been exciting. It's gone fast, but a lot going on. It's a good thing. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> All right. Jace, you might have to call you that. I keep, sure. thinking, I keep thinking of Go Jason ahead. Bourne. You look, you look a little you know what? but you're also People so have either kind. called me that or JJ. So JJ, I, you, oh, know, you know, I like both of them. Okay. Do you have a brother named Jacob? I do not. Okay. I but a lot say, of people call me Jacob, which is, you know. Huh. Well, I remember I watched some TV shows growing up and I remember one of them, there was a man in a show named Steven Stevens. And I thought if you had a brother named Jacob Jacobson, That'd be really creative on your parents' end. <laughs> they used to call me that at school, you know, when oh, really? <laughs> the teacher would call your name out. Jacob Jacobson. Uh, like, who would name their kid that? I think someone who just who wanted to have fun. Um, <laughs> hey, I want to throw a couple curveballs at you. Do it. Questions we haven't rehearsed going off the cuff because we talked about some things even before we sat down. And I, yeah, these are good conversations because it's relevant to where we are. So one of them was we talked about... Uh, like Gatton College, college students being involved in the startup community, but also in the business aspects. And one of the things that you said was with all the talent that we have, it is not being tapped into well enough. I, I'm assuming both from the college perspective, but also from the pro- professional perspective. What are your thoughts on that? How do you see, how do you see these, two, these two groups of people um, fixing this, this gap from young adult to professional um, yeah, speak into that if you don't mind. So I, I think, that's I think that there is a lot of opportunity there. And it's funny because just over the past couple of years, I've really started to notice it where uh, one example is the private equity company that we're working with also owns other companies like ours okay. in places like Austin or San Francisco and Nashville, places where tech is more booming at the moment and well-known. And they were talking about just the hiring challenges they have and all the problems that they face getting getting good people. And they were asking me about some of the things that we face in our company. And I'm like, we've got lots of great people that we employ and it, it's never really been an issue. I think Lexington is a great place. We operate a, a network operations center here across town where we have dozens of people working 24 by seven, taking care of clients across the country. And uh, they really know what they're doing. But I feel like there's just there's not a strong community and a collaboration between the universities and the people like me who are running companies looking for those IT professionals and kind of the whole startup scene as compared to maybe San Francisco or maybe Austin or those sort of places. So honestly, I kind of made it a personal I don't know at this point, uh, a mission or something that I care about moving into this next phase of my life of how can I be involved in that? How can I help change that? So one of the things that I did was engage with UK and the Gatton School of Business to to help kind of bridge in that area and, and bring a voice from an IT and a technology perspective to the business college. And, and uh, even talking to Awesome Inc. and getting to know them and what they're doing. And I've got a friend who's running economic development for the state and talking to him about, you know, what they're doing and how they see IT as a hotbed for Kentucky. And why aren't there more investments and more jobs and people coming here for IT? Because it's a great state to hire people. So I think that I think we can make a lot of progress in the city and the state as being a real IT powerhouse. No, much I, like I agree. Those other cities. And I think what's been really cool to see is even in the last 
12 to 15 months, there has been so much headway. And I think with a lot of people, this might sound rude, but just opening their eyes and seeing the opportunity and, and taking advantage of that. And I think that's been very exciting to ride, uh, ride just the momentum of whether it, we, we had a, a very large grant, uh, you know, about a year ago with uh, the cabinet and forwarding and funding some different initiatives that have helped. Uh, I know both us, but also different regions of the state to be more innovative, spread the word more and get people involved. And I think that's, that's huge. So I know I'm, that's I'm glad that you've been able to. They were to. wanting to do for mm-hmm. sure. And I think that they're, mm-hmm. they're going to have better success working with these sort of things that you're talking about. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, I've been able to go into a couple of classes at UK and college students are great. <laughs> it's funny even being a few years removed from school, seeing how some people, when you just look at someone, you can tell, oh, your brain is totally thinking of some crazy idea and I just want you to get it out. So I love that. And I wanted to ask you, what does it look like for you going into Gatton? Like, how have you been able to help students or even help some of the academia? Well, so far, I've met with the dean a couple of times, and we've had lunch, and he asked me to join the advisory council oh, nice. for, That's great. for him. So I've just gone to a, a, a meeting, and we'll be doing some of those, and really talked to him about how can I engage with the students here? How, how can I kind of help share with them what I've experienced since I left here, and maybe some of the things that I felt like I didn't get while I was there and we're working on some of those things that there's some great people there that want to help me out and uh, maybe that's me speaking with some students Uh, i'm interested in like mentoring some people one-on-one and kind of just like helping them get to that next step and uh, as soon as i finish up on the next couple of weeks at net gain i'm going to really start pushing down that and that's exciting i love that's great and and lastly the other thing i wanted to kind of throw in here as a curveball is you talked about how net gain really helped Apex about a decade ago. And I, I almost forgot about that, but my, my mind just thought of it. Can you talk about how you were able to help Awesome Inc. sister company? Well, <laughs> and, you'll, and have, how, and how you'll have to ask them started. for the detailed story, because honestly, it was right when, <laughs> I was, right when I was getting started. But to my recollection, and, and when I was talking to Brian about it, uh, we had a big client that wanted us to do a lot of programming. I mean, it was probably like over a million dollars of programming contracts for a government type of entity. And that was something that we didn't have the bandwidth, the expertise in-house to do. So to my recollection and working and talking to him was, we did end up partnering together with them and gave them a lot of that business. And they were, they were, we were subcontracting it out to them. So I think that that was right around when they were just getting kind of started. So it, it was interesting. I had forgot that, but when we met for lunch to hear and remember that we were there kind of at the beginning working with them together. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think what's even crazy, the way that business relationships happen are through people, obviously. And when you're in a place like Lexington, literally everyone knows everyone. And it's true. I'll meet someone in a week from now and I'll realize you've known my friend I've known since I was eight or something to that extent. So I think that's really cool. I mean, even a decade ago, that business relationships and people foster future relationships for others. And yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. And I didn't want to. Well, and that, that. that is a great story because I haven't seen or heard and, and really talked to them probably in over a decade. And Brian and I caught up at lunch and I was just thinking to myself, like, why, why haven't we done stuff together? You know, I don't, I don't understand why 
while we haven't been able to connect more and uh, help each other out. On well, some hey, of these we're things. doing it right now. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're kind of picking back well, up where you guys left off. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, hey, Jace, last question. And this one, this one I think is some of the most important and candid advice. Again, so we, we exist to help entrepreneurs pick up the mantle as those in the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame. We want to help people, A, be confident, but know that we believe in them and empower them. And as someone who has just been a part of a company being sold, what is some of your best advice to any entrepreneur listening right now that you would say, hey, if you want to achieve this with your company, if you want to start a company here, X, Y, Z, go to them. Honestly, it's really simple for me. And it was something that my dad taught my brother and I as really young kids. And I thought he was crazy at the time on a lot of the stuff that he taught us. But, you know, a, a few decades later and some you, age you on you. You see what wisdom looks like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you start to realize that, man, he knew a lot about what he was saying. <laughs> and I even tell him that today. That's but great. the number one thing that I, I took that I think I would pass along to someone listening right now is if you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. And ultimately, that means that whatever you really put your mind to, you can do it. So it's just a question of how much do you really want it? I love it. Hey, guys, how much do you really want it? Think about that. Jason, I can proudly say this. This has been the first One Take Wonder podcast. So excited. Wow. I feel blessed. Thanks for such a good time. This has been awesome. Let's go grab you. a cup of coffee. Appreciate it. Well, that's it. We want to say thank you again so much for checking out the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame podcast. Special thanks to Lee Rosevere for the music that you hear in the show and to Lexington's Awesome Inc. for hosting us from their space. Again, I'm Garrett Farbach. Make sure to check back and tune in next time. We'll see you then.